Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called but of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to The Left Wing. Well, Andy Farrell has made six changes to his team for this weekend's game against Italy here at the Viva Stadium on Sunday. Caelan Doris has been named uh, the captain in the absence of Peter O'Mahony. Doris switches to seven with Jack Conan at eight and Ryan Baird at six. In the second row, James Ryan comes in to partner Joe McCarthy. Uh, Finlay Bealan replaces Tyg Furlong. Two changes in the back line. Stuart McCloskey replaces Bundy Aki and Craig Casey's in for Jemson Gibson Park. Rory O'Connor and Keen Tracy are here with me at the Viva Stadium. It's not like Farrell to make so many changes. No, if you go through the history of this fixture, even over, during his time in charge, he, he has made changes. Like, you know, Casey started last year. Jack Hone, this is you know, his annual day out, isn't it? He, he always gets a run in, from the start in this game. Um and, and he's made changes to his bench at various points. Mike Lowry started this fixture back to five three. Yeah. Back to five three. That that was kind of expected. I think yeah. that he, you know that he that was a horses for courses selection. But you know Mike Lowry started a fullback here two years ago in this game, um, which was a nod to the future. But for Andy Farrell to make you know six changes to a starting lineup for a competitive match against an Italy team who took England to to within three points uh, last Saturday is um, it's a deviation from the strategy, just like uh, the six two split was last week, and it, it's a. Uh, Really fascinating selection to, you know, to recall James Ryan and but give Caelan Doris the captaincy is a big call. You know, I mean, James Ryan was contender for the job on a long term basis in many people's minds before it was given to Peter Romani. Maybe reflects his standing in in the squad now and and the less certain place that he's in. Um, we don't know at this stage as we speak, and uh, we may update things later. But uh, you know, I know Mahoney Furlong uh, didn't train on on Tuesday when we were out in Abbottstown. Um, I know Gary Ringrose is struggling to come back from that shoulder injury. He's in a race to be fit for Wales, is my information. You know, Bundyaki is a bit of a surprise type burn. Is that resting? Is that an injury? There are a couple of questions we need to find out from Andy Farrell, and I know we'll hear from him on the pod a bit later. But 
overall, I think I like the fact that he's freshened it up and um, there's a real challenge for this 15 players to go out there and beat Italy now because the standard that was set last Friday night was so high. Now, they've got to go and back it up because we've seen also with Annie Farrell that if you get your chance and you don't take it, you're gone. Yeah, if you if it ain't broke, just go for broke and make loads of changes now. This is the new philosophy. Yeah, well, we were debating this earlier in in the week. Um, should Ireland you make are, yeah. changes? And like, I felt like they should make changes, but I have to admit, I thought two or three max is all they would go. Um, I can understand Rod's argument that you know, like you said, Sinead, if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think the reality is, if he didn't make changes for this game. Your way, you, you need an injury for someone else, like a Craig Casey, for example. Craig Casey, if he didn't play on Sunday, is unlikely, you'd have to say, to feature um, in the Six Nations unless Gibson Park or Conor Murray pick up an injury. So, look, I think this goes back to Andy Farrell, how good and clever of a selector he is. I think, you know, he'll have read the mood of the dressing room, everything you hear behind the scenes last week. I think there were a couple of individuals who were not too happy about being left out of the 15 and of the 23, but that's exactly what you want. So, like, that's exactly what you want. There's a hunger to be involved in this team because, number one, they're playing such brilliant rugby and they're playing successful rugby as well. And I think there is a sense, even though the, the team probably don't want to talk about it publicly, but that there is another Grand Slam at stake. Most of them were involved in it last year they know what it feels like they want more another taste of it so um, I think it's smart by Andy Farrell to, to give guys a run Rudd's touched on it there perhaps maybe he wasn't planning to make six changes but if guys are carrying knocks then look with all due respect to Italy I don't think you're going to risk them for, for a game like this particularly when he has worked so hard over the last four years to develop this strength and depth so um, I, I'm all for it I have to say like the, you know that, that phrase win or learn you know Ireland backed the same team pretty much through that World Cup Andy Farrell through the last cycle did make a lot of changes from match to match and, and kind of let injury open up opportunities for players and a week after it was very pointed that the week after Ireland went out Razi Erasmus came out with the stats about how many players he'd used how much fewer minutes they'd used and spoke quite freely about the fact that in the summer test series of 2022 when Ireland were beating New Zealand he was in a three game series with Wales and he rotated his team I think it was 12, 13 changes for it between test one and test two. Maybe it wasn't that many, but it was a big number of changes and they lost and he took a few pelters for that. But he did it from a position where he was a World Cup winning coach and he could, resp- he, he, he could respond, but also he found players within that who he was able to bring with him through to the World Cup and he felt that that was a massive, significant moment in, in South Africa retaining their World Cup. So um, Farrell, whether it's the 6-2 last week, whether it's this decision here, he's showing a bit of adaptability, which I think is a good thing. And it might not work out. Ireland may... I could lose on Saturday, Sunday. I don't expect it to happen. But this, you know, there were 100 to 1 on before this team was named. I haven't checked the odds since. But if this weakens them to a point where they lose, well, at least they'll have found out an awful lot about a lot of players. He might get a bit of criticism about it, but, you know, he's in a very strong position with a four year contract to the next World Cup. Um, he doesn't believe in cycles, but I think he understands you need to freshen up the team. I, I thought there was more players under 30 than there is. Uh, or uh, when I actually asked Keane to help me out with it, I think there's five players over 30 in the team. But he's taken a lot of the older guys out, like the guys who were kind of heading Towards. Even Keane Ealy and Conor Murray are gone off the bench. The injury profile of this team, or sorry, the age profile of this team, suggests a lot of them will be around in four years' time. 
Baird has had a big season, big reward for his form. Conan, you know, he played well off the bench last week. So he has a lot of players playing well. So this is a good way, as Keane says, keeping them happy, but also finding out more about them and challenging the players who played well to, to win their place back. Yeah, it's so, not, sorry, it's not just, sorry, just a quick point on actually. It's not just the guys though um, in the team. It's also like you've got like Jordan Larmer and Harry yeah. Byrne on the bench. So um, it's all well and good. Like the guys like Ryan Baird and Jack Conan who, you know, are senior members of this squad who've been, who are first choice for Len but it's guys like you know I know Jordan Larmer is first choice but he's coming back in from the wilderness a little bit and I think that's clever by Andy Farrell I don't think there was ever any chance he was going to go for a 6-2 this weekend because it's an unnecessary risk to take um, against Italy but it's smart to bring a bright guy like Larmer back in Harry Byrne as well uh, we were chatting about this on the podcast with Luke and Will earlier in the week and the two lads felt that you know maybe Kieran Frawley should have got a little bit more game time in Paris look there was extenuating circumstances around that you know there was the yellow card there was the fact that they went 6-2 but it's harsh enough on Kieran Frawley to be bombed out of the squad after only having gotten a minute in Stade de France so I, th- I still think he's caught between two stools in terms of his versatility because it's brilliant when you go 6-2 but clearly um, Andy Farrell who's been a long-term fan of Harry Byrne wants to see him so I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a stage look if Ireland around the hour mark which I think we're fully expecting them to have the result in the bag I think you'll see Harry Byrne and Jordan Armour get some good game time which is no harm at all either Yeah we need to talk about Caelan Doris he'll captain Ireland for the first time he of course took over the captaincy when O'Mahony went off in Marseille last week he has captained Ireland at underage level before mm-hmm. and in the under 20 World Cup in 2018 he captained Leinster for the first time against Ulster at the RDS um, on New Year's Day it does feel like you know this is part of the grooming process for him to at some day uh, take over from Mahoney in the long term or whatever some yeah, stage well, in the I future. Yeah, well I thought it was a very interesting uh, version interview on Mahoney before the game in Marseille and I watched it the other day and uh, or sorry it was ITV I think and they threw it forward and they said you know uh, Rory Best and Johnny Sexton made it to the World Cup at 38 and he said oh I, I certainly won't be going on that long so he has opened the door for not being around now I wonder as he goes on, will he just keep going for one more, one more, one more tournament, one more cycle, and see how he gets on? But I think this is good future proofing by Andy Farrell. Doris was a it was a popular candidate in the public stakes for him taking over. It's a it's, it's a big refresh. What is he twenty five now? That Kenan Doris. He was handed his first cap by Andy Farrell at the start of the last World Cup cycle. He was arguably Ireland's best players across that Ireland's best player across that cycle he's become such an important um, member of the team he plays nearly every minute of every game he's able to play in three different positions we see him at open side um, here but he did say after that experience of captaining Leinster recently that he he found it got a bit on top of him that the extra commitments the bit the um, the, the speeches you have to make the responsibilities you have to make the extra media he'll be up for the captain's run here at the Viva Stadium tomorrow that's all stuff that he hadn't experienced before because it's very different captaining Ireland than it is the Ireland in their 20s or even Leinster so that's something he'll have to you know to, to understand I'm sure he's got good people around him I'm sure um Gary Keegan, both his parents are psychologists, so I'm sure he's got a bit of help there. He's a deep thinker. He'll put a lot of effort into it. It's a huge honour for him. But like he he leads by his example when he's out there. He's not he's different to O'Mahony in terms of personality, but he's a very forceful figure in that group. And um I, I'm really interested to see how he gets on. I covered him at under twenties that year when he was named um captain and I'll I can remember it still to this day. Um being struck by how much of a confident, not in any way arrogant, but of a speaker, a guy like straight out of school, you know, he was put up for media in the PwC headquarters in Dublin. And, you know, it's not easy for these guys, like they've never done anything like it before, but I was really struck by how confident and measured and articulate that he was. So, um, 
I think this has probably always been, you know, Caelan Doris's destiny to to some to some extent. I remember, he was saying that I think he he missed Noel McNamara's call when he was ringing him to tell him that he was going to be Ireland under twenties captain, and his mam was dropping him back from uh, Ballina back to Dublin, and he'd missed the call. So um, I'm sure it was a little bit different this time when Andy Farrell was asking him to be captain, but it kind of went unnoticed a little bit last week that he took over over from from Peter Romani when he went off and Ireland's fifth try came from Caelan Doris's call to go for the corner because Craig Casey was already on the pitch with the tee and my sense of that I watched it back a couple of times was that maybe the call came from the coach's box even though to be fair to Andy Farrell he does strike me as a coach who does let the players make the decision but because Doris had already called to Carl Dixon the referee that they wanted to go for the corner it meant that the decision was overruled in terms of the tee already being on the pitch but that was like I know it's a small thing and the, the result was beyond any doubt but if you look back at the clip like France are on their haunches they're out on their feet and Doris I'm sure is blowing hard as well but he sensed an opportunity to go for another try they already had the bonus point this championship could come down to points difference but I thought that that was a big show of his leadership at you know what was a still a big big game and a raucous atmosphere and all that but as well as the captaincy he's also got to deal with playing in a position that he's not all that familiar with I know he's done it for Leinster at open side um, a few times look it, it frustrates me at times I have to say when Doris has moved from number 8 because I think along with Ardy Surveya and Greg Aldridge who he clearly outplayed last week. I think he's one of the best number eights in the world. So um, I understand the need to get your best players on the pitch. But Do you not I, think it's worth the payoff then having Conan in there? I think it is. And I think Conan was exceptional when he came off the bench uh, last week. But I, I just think you lose a little bit when you move Caelan Doris. I think it's fine for a game like Italy because you're packed full of ball carriers in that pack. But when it comes to the big games... I just much prefer when Caelan Doris is at number eight, but I suppose it's a sign of his quality that he is able to play six, seven and eight pretty comfortably. So he's going to have to adjust to that as well as taking on the captaincy, but I think he's going to be able for it. What about the rest of the composition of the back row? Obviously, Ryan Baird is in there. Um, he kind of has the thing with Italy, like he made his debut against them back in, what was it, in 2001. A year later, he started against them here. He scored his first try for Ireland. He was on the bench last year, replaced Ian Henderson and made such an impact in Rome in that kamikaze kind a game. What, do you like the look of that? Yeah, like uh, Ryan Bears had a very interesting Ireland career in that he had he's had two really good Six Nations campaigns that probably were springboarded from playing against Italy in Rome actually because he 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 effectively won the match for Ireland in, in a really sticky game in Murrayfield a, a couple of weeks later. He um, he had a charge down. He had a couple of big plays in the last couple of minutes when when Ireland were at risk of losing a game to Scotland at a time when Andy Farrell was under tremendous pressure for his job. You know, it's hard to believe now. A year later, he wasn't involved very very much, but then two years on. He, he starts against England in the Grand Slam on the back of that that that, that game, and then he loses his way again, and, and you know he he comes off the bench against um, South Africa last at, at the World Cup, but then doesn't play in either of the. He gets usurped by Joe McCarthy effectively for the New Zealand game, and now he's back. And in fairness, his response to losing his place for Ireland. Um, when you say he he lo- he lost his way a bit, how how do you mean? He or lost was his it way just in the squad? Like, yeah. I, I I think the coaches have had question marks over his kind of mental application. I think there's no doubting his physical gifts, but his ability to stay consistent for 80 minutes of a performance not to switch off he's talked about it himself it's something that doesn't necessarily come naturally to him and something he's had to work really really hard on I, I sat down with him must be a year and a half ago now and he really he's very good at articulating what he needs to do to get better but then I guess you have to follow that up and, and put it all into practice but what he's done since he got back is in tandem with probably Dan Sheehan and Joe McCarthy they've been Lancer's three most 
uh, effective and impressive forwards. I mean, my main memory of the Christmas Interpros is him winning lineouts against the head, and he comes on against France last weekend, and France are going for a consolation try. Who gets up and wins the ball? It's Ryan Baird, and it's not just his lineout work; it's his carry. Um, we've kick started chase kick chases really good. Every, everything, he yeah. just the way he chases kickoffs, the way he hounds players, the way he p- tackles them in open field. He's a player that is making it more and more difficult to leave him out of any any Ireland squad. I think he's one of the reasons they went for a six-two last week was to get him into the squad because his form demands it. And at 24, I think he's reached a level of maturity now where he's earned a bit of trust off the coaches. We have, I think he has to have a big game. I think he, he should be aiming for man in a match. He should be going for Joe McCarthy numbers here because he's good enough to do it. Like physically he has, he was seen as a physical specimen long before Joe McCarthy ever emerged through Black Rock. So he has all the gifts and he'll put pressure on himself. But I think the coaches will be putting pressure on him to go, you're too good at rugby not to be in this team. And he should be putting pressure on, on Peter Manny, who'll be watching on a little bit, even though he's Ireland captain, he can be a little bit nervous this week watching. If Ryan Bear goes off and has a, has a world then Peter Armani's job is to get back in the team and if Doris leads the team well then there's an alternative there as well he, he was very good in La Rochelle before Christmas which like is such a barometer of any rugby player James Ryan was exceptional that night um, as well but I agree totally with what Rudd said. I think it's the nuts and bolts of his game, maybe the stuff that, you know, we all know he's capable of, the big breaks, and that's what everyone wants to see. But from a coach's point of view, it is that work around the line out. It is that kick chase, those little things. But I think Jack Neenarber has been a really good influence for him as well. I think he probably sees a little bit of a Peter Steph Dutoy, um, like mold him into that kind of six, you know, a hybrid lock. Um, and I do think he's far more effective as a six than, than a lock, particularly at international level. So look, he's still early days working with Neen Arbor. He gets to come into Ireland camp and work with Paul O'Connell. So like he's got unbelievable mentors around him. I'm excited to see how he goes. So no pressure on him. Just get a man of the match performance on Sunday. That's okay, Ryan. <laughs> and just like, you know, I think Jonathan Bradley's doing our ratings on the weekend. We're looking for eights and nines. From, from, and like he should be against Italy. He's, he's too good a player not to go out and dominate this fixture, especially when there's so much personal stake from him. And he's not alone. Like, you know, Stuart McCluskey gets his, not, his chance at 12. Yeah. If he doesn't take it, you know, he's in such a competitive position. That's what's driving standards in this group is the competition across the board. So it's not just Bear, but I, I just think he's such a fantastic player and he has the capacity to just, he can destroy an opposition line out on his own in, so, in, in some ways. And he's got Joe McCarthy lifting him as well. So those two have, have, are developing a bit of a partnership in terms of being Leinster's enforcers. It'd be great to see them come and do that in an international setting at the Aviva and then just put the pressure on Andy Farrell to select them again in two weeks' time against Wales. Now, the two changes I was thinking of earlier this week without knowing about Peter Mahoney's injury was James Ryan to come in and Craig Casey. There was kind of a bit of speculation over the last 24 hours that it could be Conor Murray and it was the one call I was like, no, I wanted Craig Casey to start. <laughs> There's more value in playing Craig Casey on Sunday than yeah. there is Conor Murray. I mean, everyone knows what Conor Murray is capable of, including Andy Farrell. And I think if it was a Scotland or even a Wales this weekend, I think we probably would have seen Conor Murray because that's the pecking order. Even though Craig Casey has overtaken Conor Murray, I think in the Irish coaches' minds, he still has a bit of work to do. But similarly to Ryan Baird, what an opportunity for Craig Casey. He's played against Italy a few times. He's coming in, playing alongside He's Jack Crowley. He's made his debut against Italy along yeah, with Ryan Baird. Ryan Baird. Time, yeah. they, they've actually made their debuts all the way through the Ireland underage setups together. If you remember that picture when they made their debuts, they stood next to each other in the anthems and stuff like that. So he's coming in playing alongside Jack Crowley. I actually thought there was a, a, an argument to be made for Gibson Park to start on Sunday. That's he's written a feature about him. <laughs> yeah, but just as well it went today and not tomorrow because I would have looked a bit silly. But um, just to try and develop that partnership, you know, because if that is going to be Ireland's 
9 and 10 for the foreseeable future but but elements of his game has improved so much you know, he was excellent Toulon. in Toulon um, didn't quite have it all his own way against Northampton but um, yeah it's a massive opportunity for him and like I said I think there's more to be gained from playing Craig Casey this weekend than Conor Murray yeah that Toulon performance I thought was a breakthrough moment for Craig Casey like Craig Casey I equate him a little bit with Tom O'Toole um, as, and even buried a little bit as lads who have been in a lot of Ireland squads without accumulating a lot of caps and Craig Casey must have been at like nearly every training session of Ireland's last World Cup cycle without ever really getting a reward and once that World Cup is over he and he's looking at Conor Murray's age he's, he's already usurped Conor Murray at, at Munster he's got to be targeting that number 21 jersey and more involvement on match days I mean, he was carrying the tee um, for Jack Crowdy at the weekend you know he 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 has to aspire to more. And I'd say he was one of the people who was pretty annoyed that he didn't get the nod last weekend. Well, again, what a way to challenge it, sorry, to channel that disappointment by going into the starting team here and taking this game by the scruff of the, scruff of the neck. And yes, we want it to be more Toulon than Northampton. Northampton was very very different night, very different conditions. Um, Toulon was a beautiful day. His box kicking that day and Calvin Nash's chasing were exceptional. And a large part of the reason that Munster won that game was Craig Casey being able to play them in through his box kicking in very much more difficult conditions a week later. he was. I thought he was poor against Northampton. It was a bad time to have a poor game. But Andy Farrell, having seen him, you know, Johnny Sexton compared him to Johnny Wilkinson. What's that, yeah. three years ago at this stage? He's got to start... That was after he made his debut, wasn't yeah, it? Was, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. against Italy three years ago. So we want to start seeing that at the top level. And he's got to be aiming to get Conor Murray out of this 23, which is a hard thing to do because Murray has so much trust within the setup. But he's the coming man. And, you know, both of our of Ireland starting... Not, or sorry, established nines are over 30 now. He's 24. He has a chance to really be part of the setup for a long, long time if he can nail his opportunity. Go get that man of the match, Craig. Um, so just on the central lads, we need to rush through here so we can uh, get into the press conference. Uh, I, I, I don't think anybody thought Gary Ringwalls was going to make it for this weekend. We'll see how that pans out. So Not if you're reading the Irish Independent anyway, according to Rory O'Connor on the ball, as always. Well, yes. you know, it's just weird. Like, very strange week. I mean, Ireland didn't issue a, mid, hmm. a medical update this week, which I thought was an interesting call. Um, my information on Monday was Ringrose is out and, and is a doubt for, for Wales. Obviously, O'Mahony Furlong didn't train on, on Tuesday. I suspect they're being rested. We'll find out more in, in a little while. But the, the, the centre call... I yeah, mean, what do you make of it? It's a bit... They played together it? here Sherman against McCluskey. Fiji, but uh, Robbie Henshaw only lasted four or five minutes, didn't he, in that game? Yeah, but McCluskey is, is a very trusted member of the squad at this stage. I mean, he had a very good Six Nations last year. Um, I think Rome earned, was a bit iffy. With, but with that was Bundy. because Bunyaki yeah. was outside him. And I think Henshaw proved... To, I, I, I had a bit of fear about Henshaw maybe losing a bit of pace mm. as he enters his 30s. That's gone now. I thought he yeah, was exceptional last weekend. I'm not as worried about that combination because I think Henshaw can cover the mm. ground. But Italy will attack wide. They'll attack the same, um, you know, Ange Capuzzo's back. It's a big test for, for that centre partnership, but they're well up to it. I mean, Manicello being back is a really good player for Italy. You know, I remember the last time he was here, he was in tears going off. His World Cup was crushed, but he was very good against England. They will attack that team outside Henshaw, but Henshaw was so good last weekend. He looked like he's recaptured his physical um, um, kind of got got back to his physical peak, and then McCluskey. He, I don't know how it's gone since the World Cup, really. I mean, Ulster have been so bad; it's hard to critique any of their players individually because they're part of such a, a poor team. But the um, he's been one of their better performers. I think he he is pretty consistent. You'd have to say he is most of the time. I think it was at the 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 home to, or the defeat the bath wasn't it? He wasn't great. There have been iffy moments, but I think a lot of them have had iffy moments since the World Cup. So, but I think I do think Farrell rates him. He trusts him, and he's been a good player for Ireland in the last year. And the you know, the, the quality of twelves that Ireland have at the moment, it's a pretty good roster. Keen quick one on the bench. Obviously, gone back to the five three split as we said there. Jordan Larmer's on the bench. Harry Byrne is on the bench. Oh, can imagine like good to see him there, but I can can imagine how frustrating 
frustrating that must be for Kieran Foley. Ian Henderson is back in there as well. But what you make of that that makeup with, with Harry, I suppose, there as well. And, yeah, you know, good to see uh, Jordan Armour back in there. I touched been a on while. it earlier. I think it's pretty harsh on Kieran Foley, really. Um, that's no slide on Harry Byrne, but we've seen this at Leinster as well, haven't we? Harry Byrne is ahead of Kieran Frawley in. Leo Collins pecking order and it seems in Andy Farrell's as well so I'd be surprised if he doesn't get 20 or so minutes if, if all is going according to plan and he's another guy <clears throat> that fits into that category of having to take um, your opportunities because look everyone expected so much of Harry Byrne when he first broke onto the scene I think it's fair to say it hasn't gone according to plan a lot of that has been down to injuries his body just hasn't played ball even you go back to the New Zealand tour he was due to start that first Maori game his tour was over before it even started. Kieran Frawley started both of the, the Mary games and did quite well, particularly in the second one. But I'd say that was an interesting conversation between Farrell and Frawley, you know. Uh, he's paid the big bucks to make the big decisions, but it's harsh enough to, to play a guy on the bench in such a big game and I would imagine he would he would have known that look I'm probably not going to get a whole pile of game time here unless Jack Crowley or uh, Hugo Keenan at fullback gets in injuries but maybe next week is the time now I might get 25 minutes so I mean maybe there is an injury that we're unaware of um, but it's harsh enough um, for Kieran Frawley because look Ireland could go back to 6-2 for, for Twickenham and if they do he is the ideal person for 6-2 because he can play all across the back line but Jordan Larmer has been going well for, for Leinster this season I do think Calvin Nash was fully deserving of his place ahead of Larmer I have to say in the team last week and he was excellent um, fully deserving of keeping his place as well but Larmer is another guy who probably become a forgotten man in terms of Irish rugby I was over in Chicago when he scored that hat-trick against Italy actually ironically enough what seems like a lifetime ago and you couldn't not come away from that and go wow this guy is going to be a feature for Ireland for the next 10 years and Look, it just hasn't happened for him. Um, I think, you know, he became a little bit predictable. I think even though his footwork is sensational, um, he needed to add a few more strings to his bows. His aerial game, I still think, is is a work in progress. Obviously, they tried him at fullback. That didn't really uh, work out. His defence, I think, is still a bit of a, an ongoing issue. But I'd like to see him get a, a bit of game time as well. Um, Ian Henderson, you mentioned... Like he's another guy, I imagine, who wasn't too happy. We bumped into him last week, didn't we, when we were in Marseille. And like in fairness, he, he was putting on a brave face, but I'd say that was a tough, bitter pill to swallow, particularly considering how well he went at the World Cup. I know the New Zealand game didn't really go well for a few you know, guys. No, he was the first person to go up and when, was it Joe McCarthy came off and he came out on the bench? That. Yeah. And, and to be fair, he was singing Big Joe, we better call him by his proper title, um, which I know Rudd has a big feature on tomorrow, Big Joe, big feature. Um, but he was singing his praises the whole time and I you know I know all these guys are professional but you wouldn't be human if it's tough to be asked questions about a young buck who's coming in taking your spot but um, it's going to be a big opportunity for Ian Henderson to remind everyone what he's capable of James Ryan is going to be calling the line out the line out went unbelievably well against France with Ty Byrne calling it it's going to fall back on James Ryan now and Obviously, France, you would have would have thought would have been a tougher test in terms of that line-out. Um, so if the line-out doesn't go well this weekend, there's going to be major questions as well. And perhaps James Ryan not being captain of Caelan Darce will actually work in his favour so he can just concentrate on getting you know the, the nuts and bolts of that set-piece right. OK, well, let's just hear a bit of what Andy Farrell had to say at today's press conference. First and foremost, Caelan Doris, Ireland captain. Just what do you see or have you seen in Caelan to make him... Captain material? Yeah, a lot, obviously. Um, to, to put him in that position is, uh, is a massive privilege for me, as I'm sure it is for, for, for Caelan and his, and his family. So let's recognise that first and foremost. But 
Um, yeah, he's, he's someone that uh, has, has been on my mind for certainly through the World Cup and how he's come on as a leader, etc. Um, uh, and how he's, how he's dealt with being uh, an international uh, top class player over the years. His, uh, his story, as it were, from being, you know, from his first cup to where he is now as a as a leader, as a professional, has been astonishing, really, behind the scenes. So, therefore, we're excited to uh, give him the reins and, and certainly see what he can do with it. And is there any players have picked due to injury? Or? And yeah, yeah, few, actually. Um, when I did the press conference after my say, I honestly didn't know that we had yeah. a few. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was only, it was only till the, uh, the next morning, actually, that, um, that these were uh, read up to me. So, so, Pete's got a bit of a, a calf injury. Um, that shouldn't take too long, but he's not, he's not trained this week at all. Uh, exactly the same for Tyke for long. Uh, he's not trained at all, but he'll be expected. We've got a couple of, a couple of uh, days training next week. They'll both be expected to, to, to be back for that, but this was too bad. Pardon? He's a, a calf injury. As well, yeah. And, and Gary Renrose is he's not quite right. He's a, another, another week, and he is likely to be uh, back into training as well. Uh, next week. And is the same calf for type that was causing problems over last week? Um, well, same types. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a problem with the two, but this is this is not a, a serious a serious issue. I'm sure uh, if this was a World Cup final, we could try and push it uh, to, to to get out onto the field. Yeah, the exchange is quite large. Maybe you're thinking behind uh, bringing in. Uh, uh, giving people another chance, obviously, but the lads, the lads that, uh, um, that took the field last week to, to, to build on that, but also uh, keep keeping competition in, in the right places. And, and like I always say, selection, it takes, it takes all sorts, you know, all sorts of different permutations go through your mind. When you lose a couple of leaders, it's, it's, you know, do you replace them with a, a leader or somebody that deserves a chance, etc.? Um, Ian Henderson coming onto the bench will help Caelan acknowledge of making sure that the, 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 the changing room um, feels the way that it should be with Pete and, and Tyke uh, not being there. James Ryan's chopping at the bit to to show his worth and, and, and start him. And uh, um, Big Joel's um, ready to compete again. Um, and then obviously Calvin Nash and Jack get, get another get another shot at it. Ryan Bird has been playing outstandingly well uh, to start the game. He's, he's obviously been very good for us off the bench. To start the game is a different challenge for him. Craig Casey's been jumping out of his skin and playing well and deserves and deserves a start. So uh, for me, I mean, it's a hell of a pack and a good team at that, you know, so it excites me uh, being able to be in that type of position. Now, Italy have also uh, named their team, as we mentioned earlier. Um, so, Ange Capozzo is back. He was ruled out, obviously, for the England game with that bit of sickness. Uh, Tommaso Allen's on the bench. I thought they'd keep the Garbisi partnership, but they, um, Stephen Verney has been named at half-back. And we knew that Canoni and Negri were already uh, ruled out. Impressions of the team that they bring? And what are we expecting from Sunday's game? Like, I think they'll be decent. I, I, like, the World Cup has obviously coloured everyone's view of what Italy can achieve, but I... Watching a Netflix documentary and they and they gave more access than anyone to the Italian camp during that Netflix documentary. I think you could see the tensions mounting between Crowley, the team, 
uh, Neil Barnes, his, his assistant who, who didn't know the players' names, but like, like was the kind of star in many ways, but I'd say it was hard to take, you know, during eight weeks in France for the players who knew they were leaving at the end of it and things started to go wrong. And I think they've had a bit of a reset under Gonzalo Quesada. Um, I wonder, they seem to have simplified things a little bit and they seem to have... Um, maybe aren't gone with a little bit more pragmatic style, but they still cut England apart a couple of times. Now, England didn't defend pretty well. They're learning a new system under Felix Jones, who's getting rave reviews over there, but we're going to, it's going to take a while. What was it, 14 games? Jack Nienaber is saying it's going to take for Leinster. Well, you know, he's implementing the same system. So I think the Italians got great joy against England. They carved Ireland open. They probably create, uh, created more problems defensively for Ireland than any other team in the Six Nations last year. That was a very uncomfortable afternoon in, in Rome for a more established Ireland team than is playing uh, on Sunday. The forecast is good. I know the weather's been crap for the last couple of days, but the forecast is good here. So they'll they'll get their hands on the ball. What Ireland will try and do is just batter them. And I think they've picked a pack to, to do that. I know Furlong's a bit of a loss, but Beelham has been good. Um, they'll try and get supremacy at the scrum. They'll try and get supremacy out of the touch. They'll go after them in the line out, try and deny them that first phase ball that they're so dangerous on. Baird will go up repeatedly, you know, with Joe McCarthy lifting him. That was, you know, was a feature. I mean, there was two pods for a lot of them. McCarthy was throwing him at him up as high as you could get him. And he can get Baird, Baird can go even higher. So I think they'll try and deny them that space. But they've picked a good team. There's a bit of using that back row now, like Negri's, I don't know, I mean, obviously he was the star, the, the, the guy they picked out for the Netflix documentary, but he does give them so much game line. And Lorenzo Canone is a very good car, ball carrying number eight as well. So he's, he's a loss, but um, Lamaro's gone into that slot. So Ireland have moved their eight to seven and Italy have moved their seven to eight. Garbis is a good player. I think they'll be decent. I think they'll challenge Ireland. I don't think it'll be a runaway victory, especially with the maybe lack of established combinations in that Ireland team. But if you go to France and win by five tries to two, and you're playing Italy the following week, you'd expect to to pull away in the end. Negri's a big loss. You mentioned there about him being the, the Six Nations star. Seemingly the cameras were following Ange Capuazzo around, who's obviously the poster boy of Italian rugby. But when it came to the editing room, I know it happened to a couple of Ireland players as well. Capuazzo was nowhere to be seen, which is a bit of a surprise, but it just shows you, I suppose, how influential and his story was, was quite interesting. So in fairness, the Italians, they gave plenty of insight. One of the things that I was struck by was how little Italian was being spoken by the coaches. It was just like, like yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just found that absolutely bizarre. Even Sean Edwards. I was wondering, his, were they doing that for the Netflix cameras? Uh, like, I, let's I, speak in. I thought it was. I thought it was very strange. Even Sean Edwards, in his you know um, pigeon French, was still making an effort. But um, you could see the wheels coming off. So um, look for any any neutral. It's brilliant that Capuazzo is back for Italy. I know the Irish defence might not be saying so, but what a star he is. I mean, not too many. Italian players get picked up by Toulouse and he has, he's had a tough time of it with injury but this guy is sensational when he gets going so looking forward to seeing him playing and, and It's not our job to big up Italy but you'd hope that it's going to be a good game and it's going to be a good atmosphere here tomorrow or on, on Sunday because three o'clock on a Sunday against Italy has the hallmarks of a fairly funeral Great, day and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's not great so I think Italy Italy pit, pitching up and putting this Irish team under a bit of pressure might be no harm for the occasion for the, for the game itself Yeah okay uh, just very briefly lads the two other games this weekend England against Wales at a quarter to five Scotland against France at 2.15 I cannot wait for that one there were three away wins last weekend very quickly what are we looking at this weekend two home wins one away win I can't see Wales getting anywhere near no. England um, I think Scotland can beat France oh you do um, absolutely yeah well look we expect the French response but mm. they're coming from a long way back and the Scots you know have troubled France in the last couple of years and at home I, you know I like Murphy they've turned Murrayfield into a very good home ground so I think three home wins this weekend 
No, I think France um, going to Murrayfield. I mean, I'd be shocked. I know all the issues that France have. Like their championship is over if they lose. Yeah, and to lose three games in a row for this French team. Look, um, Galtier has stuck by Luku. He is under serious pressure from... I think the French supporters, I was actually like trying to just gauge a little bit of what's going on over there. I think Fiku is under huge pressure. He's a defensive leader. Uh, Dante was really poor last week. So I think patience is running thin from French supporters. And there was a lot of big hitters came out in the French media this week. Guys like Philippe Saint-André, Bougial. Mord Bougial piling the pressure on Couldn't wait to come out. No, and like they're all sitting there in, in the long grass. So I'd be shocked if they don't get a response. Like they've picked the team that they should have picked to face Ireland last week. Cameron Walkie is back in Louis Bire Barai. Like I was shocked that they weren't picked last week. So I think that actually strengthens France. I know they're obviously without Paul Vilhemsa, who's obviously suspended, but it's Scotland have Rory Darge back um, and their tails, you would imagine, are going to be up, even though they had such a bizarre game uh, against Wales. But they still got that monkey off their back in terms of winning in Cardiff. But I would be shocked if you don't get a big response uh, from this French team. And I, w- I would back them to win. And yeah, I'd agree. Um, it's been, Wales and England hasn't really been much of a fixture, has it, in Twickenham over the last while. You would love to see it um, be a, a contest because I'm not going to be stirring too far from my couch tomorrow. It's definitely a day to be plonking yourself down in front of the TV and taking it all in. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine England win as well. But I'm not I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on England at all just yet. I wasn't convinced by them last week. Their defence, obviously, as Rudd said, is a work in progress and their attack they're talking up this big game about changing their style under Bortwick but um, I think we'll wait and see um, before that happens I just, I just think with what, what, Wales like they're getting loads of plaudits for coming back but as soon as they saw the finish line they froze again and went back into this box kicking game and actually they've released footage at, of Gatland uh, at half time and what he said to them and it was he was putting it on the he was saying it's the, it wasn't a game plan it was basically they weren't winning any collisions so they had the box kick so all the kicks they were putting in were all down to the fact that Scotland were putting them under pressure they start getting on on top they're playing brilliant rugby they're throwing everything they get within sight and what do they start doing they start kicking it away again that is not a team that believes in itself at all and go to Twickenham even bad English teams are hard to beat in Twickenham I just can't see this Wales so, team so inexperience isn't it which is, that Welsh squad is just such Absolutely, lacking yeah. inexperience they've got George Nord back which might, yeah. might help but it's, I think it'll be a tough afternoon Okay Keen and Rory thanks a million for that we'll be back with another podcast after Sunday's game here at the Viva Stadium so chat to you then 